At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Coming to you from the Circa Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. You can always hit me up on Twitter at Scott's On Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. All of us on the network at VSIN Live. The Eastern Conference Finals got underway with the Miami Heat holding serve on home court as they defeat the Celtics 118-107 to on the back of Jimmy Butler, who scored 41 points for the Miami Heat without making a three-pointer. That's wild. Now, it's happened before. There's been several high-scoring games without making a three-pointer, usually by, uh, you know, some big men. I think Shaq and Carl Malone. Oh, and Michael Jordan as well are tied for the most points without making a three-pointer. 61 points in a game without a three. Jimmy Butler had 41 on 12 of 19 shooting. He was 0 of 2 from three-point range, 17 of 18 from the free-throw line. If you took out the third quarter of this game, the Celtics were the better team. Boston came into this game a little shorthanded as we found out that Marcus Smart who's dealing with an injury, did not play in this game, and Al Horford was put in the health and safety protocols. And I don't know if Horford is going to be able to go in game two either, as he might still be in the health and safety protocols. But Marcus Smart dealing with that midfoot sprain, uh, when it was announced that he was not going to play, as well as Al Horford, the spread moved. Opened up here, heat minus one and a half, Went to two to two and a half. It closed at heat minus four and a half with a very low total of 203. And we talked about it last night with our senior NBA analyst, Jonathan Von Tobel, that this total might have been just a little too low. And it turned out it was as it goes over very easily. But I said it before, and let me let me go back to that point. If you just took out the third quarter, it was the Celtics who looked like the better team. In this game, they played really well in the first half. They had a nice lead. And in that third quarter, something clicked. Jimmy Butler was a madman. And the Miami Heat defense was stifling. It was contesting every single shot. And 
Same thing for the Miami Heat, excuse me, for the for the Celtics, and kudos to them because there were some shots that, that they, they contested as well, and just the Heat were making them. They made their contested shots. And in that third quarter, the Heat dominated 39-14. to 14, And the Celtics were never able to come back from that. And that was it. In three quarters, the Celtics outscored the Miami Heat by a pretty decent margin. Double digits, they outscored them in three quarters. But it was that third quarter, 39-14, to 14, that was the difference in the game. And I mentioned the contested shots. I mean, there was a shot in the fourth quarter where Jimmy Butler went one-on-one with Jason Tatum, and it was a a turnaround jumper right over the extended arms of Tatum for the basket. And it was so impressive to see him make that. And so the Miami Heat now have the 1-0 lead, but not really surprising because, as we mentioned, they were favorites going in even before the announcement of Marcus Smart and and Al Horford not playing. They were still a point and a half to two and a half point favorites. And the market moved on the series price. The Celtics were about minus 190 or so to win the series. It moved down probably like 160, 140, that type of range. Now, after one game, you have the Heat minus 145 and the Celtics plus 125 to win this series. And it's interesting because it might be a good opportunity to buy in on the Celtics unless you're just so concerned that Al Horford's not going to play in game two and they're not going to win game two. But even with Miami being the favorite in game one, again, before the news, the market was telling us that the Celtics were the better team. The spread was telling us that the Celtics were the better team. The odds on the series were telling us the Celtics were the better team. And yes, I know that means they had to win a game on the road, but to me, I thought it was mispriced. I thought it was overpriced. Based on the spreads that I felt that were we were going to see in these games, unless we were talking about pick them in Miami and minus five or minus one and minus five. In Boston, in favor of the Celtics, it didn't make sense this series price, which is why I liked the Heat at plus 150 prior to the series. It's why I liked the Heat in game one and thankfully got it in it. It didn't even matter, but got it in at minus one and a half before the announcements and and the line moves. And now you're looking here and the Heat are lining up as four-point favorites in game two, which would go to would lead you to believe that Al Horford's not going to play in that game and maybe not even Marcus Smart. If Marcus Smart does play in that game, the question is does the spread move? Does it change with Marcus Smart playing? I think it might. I think you might get some buyback on the Celtics for sure. And and really what's what's not to like about what we saw from the Boston Celtics? As I stated earlier, it's three quarters. They were the better team. Three quarters of this game, the Boston Celtics were the better team. But it was the third quarter that the Heat dominated. And that's it. Will that happen again? 
or will the third quarter be more even next time? And then I know the same argument could be said on the other side. Will the Celtics be the better team for three out of four quarters again? I don't know. I think it's interesting that the market's opening this game at four, bumping up the total a bit to 206, which, again, I feel is too low. I get it. Two defensive teams. And, yeah, they are great defensive teams. But they're also really good offensive teams. And they're talented players. And in a game that, in in a series that might be close, free throws certainly come into play. I mean, look at the free throws in this game. The Celtics were 24 of 32 from from the free throw line. And the Heat were 30 of 34. There were 54 points scored from the free throw line. You know, that goes a long way into helping the game be pushed over. The Heat were 10 of 30 from three-point range. The Celtics, 11 of 34 from three-point range. That's 21 three-pointers. That's 69. Or 63. You know, you're looking at at, at, at these two teams and what they're capable of doing, both offensively and defensively. Yes, it's a close series. And I think that when the games shift to Boston, despite the fact that we see the Heat as a four-point favorite here in game two, I don't necessarily think that it's going to be... What I'm trying to say is I wouldn't be surprised if it's Celtics minus four. Or Celtics minus... At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. It's four and a half at home in games three and four. And, And again, home court worth three. If we say that both these teams are equal... Then Miami's a three-point favorite at home. Boston's a three-point favorite at home. But if we're saying, which we were before, and I say we're saying, meaning like the, the betting market, before the announcement of Horford and Smart, the Heat were less than three, meaning that the Celtics were the better team. If we now take that into consideration, flip the, 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 the sights now to Boston, bring back Al Horford and Marcus Smart, hopefully, the Celtics have got to be at least a four-and-a-half-point favorite. 
in game three. Maybe even five, which is crazy to think. But that's very well what it could be. So I'm not surprised to see the Heat at four once again. Uh, But I don't know necessarily if that's the right side of this game. Not sure right now. As far as the total of 206, yeah, I kind of like the over. This one wasn't even close. I'm Scott Zadenberg. You can hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, our very own Dave Ross will join us here on the program. We'll talk about the NBA uh, playoffs. We got the Western Conference Finals beginning here on Wednesday. The Dallas Mavericks. Five-point underdogs to the Golden State Warriors. So what's the market telling us? It's telling us that the Warriors are two points better. Because instead of being a three-point favorite at home, they are a five-point favorite at home. Is that necessarily the case? Hard to make the argument that the Warriors are playing better in this postseason than the Dallas Mavericks. And... I can make the argument that the Mavericks have the best player on the court in Luka Doncic. Yes, over Steph Curry. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Are you ready for a fresh start? And we mean a real fresh start with lasting change. Take the Zen 10 Challenge and switch up the way you've been enjoying nicotine. Available in a variety of tastes and strengths, Zen nicotine pouches deliver smoke free and spit free nicotine satisfaction. Try Zen nicotine pouches for 10 days or your money back. Your fresh start is here. Take the Zin 10 Challenge today at Zin.com slash 10. That's Z-Y-N.com slash 10. Zin nicotine pouches are only for adults 21 and over who currently use tobacco or nicotine. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Scott Satterberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. You can always hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N. A-I-R. You know, taking a look at the Western Conference Finals, and I really have a hard time just blindly, and and I know you should never blindly place it, but anyway, but just blindly going in on the Golden State Warriors and this idea that they're so much better than the Dallas Mavericks. I feel like what's happening is we are buying into this, this vision that we have or this idea that, this is the Golden State Warriors that we remember. That just because they're back in the Western Conference Finals, it, it, it just, for some reason, we are clicking in our heads, oh, yeah, okay, Warriors are in the Western Conference. That's right, yeah. This is the same team that, um, yeah, uh, this is the same team that dominated all those years and was able to go to the NBA championship and win 
uh, three NBA titles, right? It was, what, five straight NBA Finals appearances? And now back in the Western Conference Finals for the first time since 2019. By the way, side note, think about this. And I, I talk about parity all the time and the lack thereof parity in the NBA. The Golden State Warriors are playing in their sixth Western Conference Finals in the last eight years. Right? They go one, two, three, four, five in a row. Then the Lakers and Suns against the Clippers and Nuggets. And then the Golden State Warriors again. So that's six in the last eight years. In the East, the Boston Celtics, and I don't don't feel like people aren't realizing this. The Celtics are playing in their fourth Eastern Conference Finals in the last six seasons. Like, just because they haven't won it and gone to the NBA Finals since 2010, but the Celtics were in the Eastern Conference Finals in 2017, back-to-back in 2018, skip a year in 2019, 2020 in the bubble, skip a year in 2021, back in the Eastern Conference Finals this year. Four out of six years in the Eastern Conference Finals. And the Golden State Warriors here. Six Western Conference Finals in the last eight seasons. But this is not the same Warriors team. This is a Warriors team that has struggled this postseason. And we saw flashes of greatness, granted, when they rolled out their the new death lineup against the Jazz and everyone just gushed over it. And then we saw them take a 3-0 series lead. And in typical Warriors fashion, they don't close out the series on the road. That is just something that they don't do. The Warriors, they don't close out on the road. So they lose that game. They win it back home. Then... In the series against the Grizzlies, it was a struggle. You know, it really was. There was one game that was typical, you know, old school Warriors. And that was the game three blowout. And in that game, it was Steph Curry having 30 points, but he only made two three pointers. He had 14 free throws. He was 14 of 14 from the free throw line. And Jordan Poole had 27 points. That was the big effort. Klay Thompson, 21 points in that game. Kaminga had 18. Wiggins had 17. Big effort. 142-112 dominating victory. But then they win a, they escape in that first game without Ja. And then... The loss on the road in a chance to close out the series where they just took the night off. And even in the closeout game, they didn't exactly blow you away. It was a struggle. 
for most of that game until they pulled away in the final, in the closing minutes. So what am I supposed to take away from the Warriors' run here in the playoffs that I feel makes them head and shoulders above the Dallas Mavericks? I actually could make the argument that these teams are kind of even right now. I think five is too much, if we're being honest, for the Dallas Mavericks. And I think these teams are closer than what the market is dictating right now. And Luka Doncic is the best player on the floor between both of these teams. He's played the best. He's looked the best. And he's been consistent, whereas Steph Curry just hasn't. And so if there's a spot that where a big basket is needed, it's going to be Luka Doncic who's going to be able to make that shot. And I'll tell you right now, I think the Mavericks are live to win this series. At plus 185, it's not terrible. Because I think there's a chance if they steal a game in San Francisco in games one and two, they win both games in Dallas, they take a 3-1 lead going back to San Francisco, they lose that game, it's now 3-2. And then they could win this thing at home in game six. And the price on that right now, Mavericks in six is five to one. That I absolutely don't hate at all. And to win the NBA finals, it's easy to say it now after the Miami Heat won this game, but I felt the Miami Heat were the right, the, the good value pick to win the NBA Finals. But at 6-1, to one, do we hate the Dallas Mavericks? Is that number right? So let's say they're plus 185 to win this series against the Warriors, and then going into the NBA Finals, should they win this series? Probably going to be, what do we think? Boss against Miami or Boston? Mm. See, I think Miami and Boston are better than, than the Warriors right now, but that's not what the market tells us because the Warriors have always been the higher price team to win the NBA Finals or the lower price team, like the, the favorite. So, you know, it's... Maybe Dallas is plus 225 in that series. So you take your 185 and you win that. So then you take your 225 and you put that on them to win the series at 225 or so. Right? I'd say 225. Maybe they're 210. So you take your 285, put it on that. Your payout is 420 or so. 
well, might as well take the six to one then. Kind of works out. Six to one would be better. As far as the Celtics are concerned, to see them right now, after dropping one game as plus 310 to win the NBA Finals, I think it's kind of funny because it, it, what's amazing is, yeah, they, they, were, they opened up as the favorite to win this series. They lose game one. The market completely changes. But what changes about the, the idea? Like, I don't think anyone really truly believed they were going to sweep the Miami Heat. So I think it's funny how the market shifts game to game. Talk to our very own Dave Ross about a variety of topics coming up next. This is The Look Ahead here on Visa. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. The VSIN Spring Special is here. For only $59, you get everything VSIN has to offer from now until the end of July. The next few months are going to be filled with the best betting content in the business right here at vsin.com, and subscribers will have access to all of it, including Adam Burke's daily MLB best bets and my MLB betting card as well. Jonathan Von Tobel will have his best bets all the way through the NBA Finals. Andy McNeil will break down all the action on the ice all the way through the Stanley Cup playoffs. We'll have lots of NFL preseason coverage as well, not to mention continued best bets and premium articles covering golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. If you want the full VSIN experience, which features a daily best bets email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it, the cost is only $59 to be a subscriber through July 31st. Sign up now at vcin.com slash spring. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on vcin, the sports betting network. You can always hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air. You can hit up our next guest on Twitter at DRossSports. He is our very own Dave Ross. You catch him across the network here at vcin as well as the host of First Strike, our combat sports show. And First Strike, First Look is available now, Dave. I'm sure you yes, are sir. talking all about this weekend's fight action. Great setup, Scott. I appreciate it, brother. Yeah, you know, we had Nick Lincoln right there. You're at Circus Sportsbook right now. Those numbers behind you uh, in that beautiful uh, sportsbook, Nick Lincoln sets those numbers. And Nick and I had a great conversation today that's already out. As you mentioned, we're going to go into much more detail come Friday and first strike. And, uh, you know, we do this, this exercise each and every week. And what we're trying to do, Scott, is obviously find those pathways to victory. And certainly in the main event coming up Saturday night, you got the return of Holly Holm. It's always great when you have a future Hall of Famer uh, back inside the octagon at Bantamweight. Uh, one of her, uh, you know, of course, where she was a former champion in this division after she dethroned Ronda Rousey for the very first time, the first woman to beat Ronda back in the day in Melbourne, Australia. And it's been a minute since Holly obviously held that title. But now it feels like with Juliana Pena having dethroned uh, Amanda Nunes, you know, it, it feels like that maybe there's a pathway here for Holly to get back into title contention. It would start with a big win against Ketlin Vieira uh, coming up on Saturday night. And as Nick and I were discussing today, and Scott, what I always like to t- try to tell people is, look, I, I'm going to have my opinions, our guests on first strike, their opinions on who's going to win the fight. But you try to find those pathways to winning. 
because especially in the UFC where you see a lot of big favorites, right? I, you can shorten those numbers if you really feel like you have a good handicap on how the fight's going to play out for each fighter. And to me, when you look at this one, it's pretty clear cut. Holly Holm, and you can see why the over right now is juiced well over $2 uh, for four and a half in this five-round potential non-title bout, that this fight's going to go deep into the night. So with that pretext, you can really shorten the number and take Holly Holm via decision if you don't want to lay the big number of minus 240, 250 that you're seeing market-wide right now. And conversely, if you like the challenger in this one, Ketlin Vieira, we know what she wants to do. And the one kryptonite that Holly Holm has, now Holly's wrestling has gotten better, actually, as she's gotten older uh, in the sport. She was primarily a kickboxer when she came into the UFC. She was brought in as the Ronda Rousey stopper, and it's exactly what she did. But how did she lose the belt? Well, she lost to Demisha Tate. And what happened that night in Las Vegas at UFC 196? I was actually in attendance for that fight. Misha Tate worked takedown, and eventually in that fifth and final round in dramatic fashion, got the rear naked choke. That's the one kryptonite for Holly Holm. So that's what Ketlin Vieira is going to try to use is utilize that, that tremendous skill Brazilian jiu-jitsu that she has and get Holly down. So you can really get an even better number if you like Vieira via TKO, KO, or DQ in the event that she could get a stoppage. Could it go to the cards and Vieira could win on the cards? Yes, but the more likely scenario there is Holly Holm by decision. So we always try to give you those pathways to find the better numbers versus the straight-up numbers that you're going to see at your various books here in Las Vegas. Interesting stuff. Uh, so we're all on top of that and catch uh, First Strike, First Look available now. And then, of course, First Strike coming up later on this week. Uh, Dave does a great job with that. And now we are focusing in on Thursday for the start of the PGA Championship. I know you Let's are so go. excited for this to begin, Dave. I can't wait, Scott. Look. I'm a geek for the majors. I, I just, I, I cannot, like, you, once they did the new schedule, I thought it was genius by the PGA Tour. And obviously there's a lot of consternation with the PGA Tour right now in this new Saudi league, uh, Live Golf, which is going to be starting uh, overseas uh, this month. And it feels like every player this week has been inundated with questions about that, about Phil Mickelson, who's the reigning defending champion here at the PGA, who won't be playing. So it is, it's kind of sad you know, on that note that a historical figure like Phil, of his own doing, will not be there to defend his crown this week. And then you look at the shortest favorite on the board, and it's Scotty Scheffler. And, you know, I can't wait to have my buddy Carl Paulson on from, uh, from PGA Tour, Sirius XM Radio, former tour player himself. Carl's out there at Tulsa, Oklahoma, already getting ready for Southern Hills here to begin on Thursday. And I can't wait to pick his brain because one thing I know, Scott, you look generationally in golf. Sometimes golfers win them in bunches. You can go back to Patrick Harrington in the late 2000s when Tiger was out with his leg injury. Patty stepped in and won three majors in a short time. Rory McIlroy then burst on the seat. He won four majors in a short period of time. Then Jordan Spieth hopped in. He won three majors very quickly. And then Brooks Kepka hopped in, and he won four majors really quickly. And those guys won all those in bunches, right? But they haven't won since. So is Scotty Scheffler in the middle of a heater? Like those guys were on, do we know if he's at the beginning, middle, or end of the cedar? Because what's made Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson generational golfers is they did it over decades. The guys I'm talking about did it in pockets, maybe a four-year pocket, and then it's over. So that's what I want to figure out about Scotty Scheffler. I don't like playing favorites. Who does? But, you know, 11 to 1, 
I think he's right in the middle of said heater. And I don't know how you, you go against the guy when this is his favorite golf course in the country. He's <laughs> born on this golf course when he was a member of the University of Texas. So I know we don't like to play favorites. And certainly there are going to be a lot of horses for this course this week. But you can't ignore the elephant in the room. And right now that elephant is Scotty Sheffler at 11 to 1. What are, you, what are your thoughts on Tiger Woods? Well, look, 86 to 1 at Circa. Other places you've seen 40s. You've seen 45 to 1s. Shop around if you really want to back Tiger as a long shot. I don't think it's a complete waste of money. No, I do not believe he's going to win the PGA Championship this week. But 86 to 1, is, is there, there is value there. But I do think the smarter play here is to make the cut. And I know it's Circa there. I believe minus 120 is what I saw today. I saw some minus 125s out there for Tiger to make the cut. I like that that play better because Tiger says, and we haven't seen him since Augusta, where, of course, he did make the cut, and he faded on the weekend because his leg couldn't hold up. Yes, this course is hilly, but it's not as hilly as Augusta National. So just the walking of it will not be as difficult for Tiger. Mentally, he feels like he's going to win. I mean, it's just the way Tiger is built and the way he approaches it. I'd be really stunned if he did not make the, the cut this weekend. So to me, the, the, the one strong Tiger play for me is I'm going to lay the dollar 20 and I'm playing Tiger to make the cut. I absolutely would be stunned if he's not around for all four days at Southern Hills. You know, it's interesting. I was thinking about if you could find a round one leader, oh. I would love to see the odds on Tiger for that. You know, he should get off to a good start. And what's really interesting, too, you can do some of these props, these uh, matchups that I've seen. And how about this, Scott? I saw it circuit today. Are you ready for this? Yep. Against Jason Day. Jason Day, Tiger Woods, heads up. J-Day is minus $1.70. Tiger plus $150. I know Jason Day's been playing good golf, but my goodness, that feels really steep. Uh, and, and, again, Jason Day is, you know, former a former champion as well, obviously, but it's been a minute since he's been back in the winter circle too. So I look at that and I go, man, I get it. It's one guy and Jason has been playing well, but to me, I got to take that plus money at plus 150. Now the problem with that wager, Scott, it's not first round. It's all four rounds. Now there's a chance Jason Day doesn't make the cut. Tiger makes the cut. You don't have to worry about the last two days. You already cashed that ticket. But if it does go all four, it could get dicey if his leg really can't hold up for all four days, he'll be fine for the first two. We talked about it about five weeks ago at Augusta. Scott, he's got the good tee time. He's got the early tee time Thursday, then the reverse late tee time on Friday, all that prep time after that first round to make sure that leg is still good for Friday. That's a really good draw for Tiger where it gets dicey is the back-to-backs on Saturday. We doesn't have the same amount of time to recoup. Dave, do me a favor. Hang on. Let's talk a little NBA playoffs and some baseball coming up next, okay? Yes, sir. There he is, Dave Ross. You catch him uh, across the network uh, here at VSIN. Follow him on Twitter at DRossSports. And, of course, uh, available on vsin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. First Strike, our combat sports show. I'm Scott Sadenberg. You can hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air. Coming up next, we will get into the NBA playoffs. The Heat with a... 1-0 lead on the Boston Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals. The Western Conference Finals gets on the way here on Wednesday night. This is The Look Ahead here on v the Sports Betting Network.
This is the look ahead on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are city casts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local city cast wherever you get your podcasts. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is the look ahead here on VCN, the Sports Betting Network, joined, rejoined by our very own Dave Ross. You follow him on Twitter at DRoss Sports. And Dave, let's talk about the NBA playoffs. The Miami Heat take a 1 0 lead over the Boston <laughs> Celtics, covering as a four and a half point favorite. And this line jumped up from one and a half to two and a half and then to four and a half with the news that Marcus Smart and Al Horford were not playing in this game. With with the possibility of Horford missing game two as well, being in the health and safety protocols, has your opinion on this series changed? You know, it hasn't changed a whole lot because I loved Miami today before that news came out uh-huh. of Al Horford in, in the series. And I think it was one of the few that really, really liked Miami in this spot in game one just because of Boston coming off an emotional uh, game seven victory against Milwaukee. You know, Miami sitting there lying in wait. Uh, you know, I just had the feeling that Jimmy Butler just loves this. Like, he loves At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. loves all the attention being on the other guys, right? He loves the fact that Boston was minus $1.85 before game one began today to win this series. Are you kidding me? And now it's flipped to Miami being the favorite. So we was talking about locking in profit. And I felt like, hey, if you like Miami, you hop on that here uh, before game one today. And if you like Boston, you wait. So now it could be a buyback scenario on the seas if you like them. Here's the problem. You mentioned Al Horford. How about Marcus Smart? Okay, we're assuming that Horford, who knows how these these rules work now with COVID and everything else. I'm not a doctor. I don't know how they're going to be able to clear him, but I'm I'm sure they're going to figure out a way to get him to play in this series. And they need Al Horford. I can't believe I'm saying that. The the guy's 85 years old. He's just turning back the clock and playing like he's 25 again. But it's really Marcus Smart for me. If he's dinged up to this point that he can't go right now, even if he can go, how much of Marcus Smart are you going to get? We saw what a pest he was with Giannis in the last series. We know what a pest he is anyway. And then, oh, by the way, if he gives you any offense, that's just a bonus. He's saw Pritchard out there, and, you know, he played well in spurts, but, you know, he kind of looked like the second half kind of wore down a little bit. We saw Grant Williams after that great, great, great game seven. Not the same guy today. How much longer can they go with, with some of these role players if they don't have the Horfords? 
and they don't have the Marcus Smarts. Now, also, Jalen Brown, you, you got to be better. Uh, Jason Tatum, you can't turn the ball over with the regularity that you did tonight. That was kind of a surprise for their two big stars. But I think what we saw tonight is, and this could be a real problem for Boston uh, as this series goes on, you've got superstars in the making, certainly in Tatum, and then a one, one off maybe with, with Jalen Brown. But you have a bona fide superstar killer in Jimmy Butler. And there are different levels to this. And I heard Coach Spolstra say it afterward. Like, Jimmy Butler doesn't play basketball to get numbers. And I'm not accusing the Boston guys of getting numbers, and that's why they play. But Jimmy Butler plays to kill you. Jimmy Butler plays to rip your heart out. And, and that's exactly what he did tonight to those young guns of the seas. So they're going to have to grow up really quickly because one thing you, you see about Jimmy, he does get the other guys involved. And Bam Adebayo didn't even have a great night tonight. Power Hero was okay. Those guys are going to be even better. So if they get Kyle Lowry back, that's another dog, right? So I really think right now Miami's in a really good position with the injury situation that the Seas have. And I got to be honest with you, maybe a lack of confidence. I know a lot of people are going to hop on the seas now. I wouldn't do it. I, I think they're in a lot of trouble in game two, and they're going to have to right the ship when they get back to Boston and hold serve. Because if they, if they, I don't know that they're going to win game two in Miami. I don't believe they are. And if they don't, they go back 0-2. Miami's going to try to do exactly what they did to Philadelphia. Let me get one up there in the north in Boston, and then we'll close this thing out eventually. We don't have to win on their court. They got to win on ours. But if we get one there, we can make this a really quick series. What's your thoughts on the Golden State Warriors? I, I know from a lot of people that I've spoken to, Dave, not happy with the inconsistencies in play with this team. Dallas takes the floor with the best player on the court in Luka Doncic, with all due respect to Steph Curry, but that's the truth right now. And you got to believe that Dallas is a live dog in this series. And I think a lot of the times, and tell me if you agree with this, we're, people look at the, this Golden State Warriors team and they feel nostalgic. Like, this is not the same Golden State Warriors <laughs> team that went to five straight NBA Finals. This is a different no. team right now. It is. And I had my buddy uh, Tim Doyle from uh, CBS Sports on today with Wes Reynolds and myself on the Lombardi line. And I asked Timmy point blank. I said, hey, who's the best player remaining in the postseason? And he said Luka Doncic. Yeah, not, Jake, not Jason Tatum, not... Uh, you know, Jimmy Butler, not Steph Curry. He said it's Luka. And, you know, he, again, he's got an all right group of other players around him. But the way Luka played in game seven, I mean, the Suns had 27 points at halftime and so did Luka. I mean, the stuff that happened there in game seven, I still can't really wrap my head around how bad Phoenix was and how great Luka was. But it really is the others, again, if he can get those guys going. Jalen Brunson is, is such a huge key for them to give them that second score, potentially to give them 30. And then they just line up those guys around the three-point line, and they bomb away, man. And when they're going down, they're going to be tough to beat. My question for Golden State is, who checks Luka? Like, how, are you going to put Draymond on them? Because here's the deal. If you go back and look at the numbers in the regular season, uh, that was not a good matchup for Golden State. Draymond Green did not have success defensively against Luka. Now, maybe it's different. It's the second season. It's the postseason. And, you know, Draymond's got a lot of tricks up his sleeve. But, really, that height's going to be an issue. I wonder if they put Kaminga on him. I mean, that might be a better matchup. 
if you're Golden State, but they're going to have to figure out a way to wear down Luka. But the problem there is Dallas loves to play in the half court, right? So you think Golden State's tendency is going to be to try to speed them up. Well, if you speed them up, you might not be wearing out Luka. So if you can't speed them up, you might not be wearing out Luka. Golden State's going to want to run, run, run. Dallas is going to try to keep it half court and limit possessions. If they do that, they got a fighter's chance. I'm not as big on Dallas as Timmy and, and others are right now. I think it's going to be a deep series, but I do think at the end, that experience is kind of why I'm leaning Miami. I think I might be leaning Golden State in the end in a really deep series that should go six or seven. Let's talk Major League Baseball here. I, I read an interesting article uh, about your New York Mets the other day um, mm-hmm. by John Harper, and it talked about how the advanced numbers – for the Mets offense, it, it all signs. I'm not saying it's going to point to regression. It just it shows that what the Mets are doing, you wonder if it's sustainable. They right. are not. They are a team that is towards the bottom in terms of hard hit percentage. Uh, they have 54 infield singles, 19 more than the next highest team in baseball. <laughs> It's been a lot of soft contact, a lot of dinks and dunks. And, yeah, you know, you got Pete Alonso who hit a home run every now and then. Lindor uh, was hot at the start of the season. But when you consistently have exit velos of 94 miles per hour or less, it tends to lead to lower project, lower, lower production. The Mets are defying right. the odds in that case. Are you worried are. about re- uh, prog- uh, regression with your amazings? Am I worried? Scott, I'm a Mets fan. Of course I'm worried. We're waiting for the other shoot a drop every other day, my friend. I mean, look, you know, I, I took note of what the Phillies did, and they should have swept the Dodgers, by the way. They didn't get the last game. Uh, but y- y- you look at Bryce Harper, who's got a torn something, and he's just ripping the cover off the baseball, and he's hurt. Like, the Mets don't have the thumpers in the lineup that some of these other teams uh, in the East, and Miami doesn't really hit it that, that well either. But really, I'm looking at Philadelphia and Atlanta, potentially as teams that could, could will make runs at some point uh, before this long 162 is done. Yes, it does worry me, Scott, because you, you, as much as I love the squirrel, you know, Jeff McNeil, and, you know, we got guys, we're playing small ball right now. And I don't know if it's the baseball, if it's really more like a wiffle ball this year, so it's just not getting up and, and getting out. Maybe that's helping out the Mets a little bit. Uh, with this lighter ball theory that we've had out there floating around. But, hey, if it gets back to regular baseball and you got a mash and the temperatures start to heat up, it's going to be on that pitching staff. I mean, can the Mets win, you know, five, three games, four, two games, uh, rely on the bullpen? You know, can, can Sugar Diaz be the guy to, to just, you know, that we know we can trust him to, to close it out? Those are a lot of big ass when you really can't mash. So, I would I would be surprised that when we get closer to the trade deadline, that maybe the Mets don't get one more thumper Ooh. in the middle of that lineup. And, and I think that's something that I would look out for for the future market. Because Steve Cohen, I mean, Scott, he he's, knows he's willing to spend the money, right Dave. Now. He's willing to spend the money. Absolutely. I but appreciate yes, the nervous. time and the conversation, as always. Follow Dave on Twitter at DRossSports. I'm Scott Seidenberg. It's the look at here on VEASAN. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.